Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas change the world. ISC, one of the uh, most significant events annually in the risk resilient security industry, usually in Las Vegas in the spring, like everything else, ISC took a sabbatical in 2020. And, uh, and yet um, they rescheduled and it is now July 19th and we are in the middle of the first ISC in about 18 months in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's over hundred degrees there, I understand. We're gonna get two of the top consultants in the industry to give us an idea what this looks like this year and also catch up on what they believe the emerging trends in the industry are. So I wanna welcome Jay Kelly Stewart from Newcastle Consulting, the president of Newcastle Consulting and Steve Opplinger, a senior advisor consultant with Star Asset Security. Welcome gentlemen. Good morning. Thanks, Ron. And by the way, we're, as usual, in the great conversation, unscripted, we're going to have just a great conversation. These guys are the best. I've known them for years. And uh, okay, let's start with you, Kelly. We're uh, we're right in the middle of Vegas, baby. Tell me what's going on out there. Oh, what's in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, (laughs) but I tell you, everybody's getting back into the swing of things. Uh, It's a matter of testing the water, seeing where where things are going to go business-wise. It's not as big, uh, quite frankly. It's crowded from a just Vegas standpoint. But in terms of the security stuff, I think it's more of a testing of the waters. Where, where business is going to go? What are we doing? You're not seeing everything at full capacity, but they're trying to see how do we get back to business properly? Or what do we, what do we throw out there in terms of new technology and new things that we want to have our consultants and others um, look into? Well, as you, as you tested the pulse with your peers and your contacts in the industry before you even arrived there, was there this sense of not knowing what's going to happen or still this idea of, uh, is it, was it a positive expectation? What, what, what was the sense you got? I think it was an eagerness to get back to work, quite frankly. I think it was an eagerness to see people physically. It was also that there's hesitancy, but at the same time, I think there's a passion of just want to get back, want to see colleagues, want to network, as well as, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to drive? Now, this slowly, I would say, began probably around May, and then now it's getting into the beginnings of, you know, where do we see businesses going? Now, a lot of opt to say, okay, because of what's going on with COVID, we're going to hold off, see what ISC does, and then maybe on future um, conferences, we'll, we'll start putting the full bore in. Right. So you'll see a lot of the folks here, you'll see a lot of consultants that are coming here and a lot of the corporations are here, but they're probably cut in half in terms of their personnel. Well, and, and let's look at this, I think, and this is me being Mr. Optimistic. I'm usually very optimistic. Let's give credit to um, ISC uh, be, because they are the first ones out, right? And they're, they're kind of setting the momentum for the rest of the industry. Yeah, maybe half the crowds are going to be there, maybe half the vendors, but there's still this expectation that someone had to get the ball rolling. Well, I think they were wise, quite frankly, and kudos to them for you know stepping up to the plate on this. Just to get, like you said, get the ball rolling. Because there's good stuff out there that needs to start being seen by us consultants, us vendors, 
And it's a matter of, okay, so what kind of technology do you want to look at? Let's say with the pandemic, does it deal with pandemic planning? How do we look at things better from a planning perspective? Is there technologies there that can be pushed in such a way that then can be built upon through the couple of next conferences that come along? I, I think it's a matter of, okay, what are we going to see? And what are the expectations from people? How are they going to interact? What is it going to be like? I think with the security folks, we're, for the most part, a bunch of realistic people. We look at what's going on and we just want to see, okay, let's take an assessment. Let's see how it looks. That's, um, that's right. Well, Stephen, you you might, might as well have a house in Vegas because you are a regular visitor to the great city. <laughs> and, 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 I, and yet this, this is really good that you are. Give us a sense of the city right now. Is the city starting to come back? What are some of the issues that it's dealing with? Well, uh, I will tell you this. Since the pandemic, uh, my wife and I have been, this is our third trip to Las Vegas. Um, we were here just in May, as a matter of fact. Las Vegas has opened up. Um, there are uh, no mask rules if you're vaccinated, but again, it's it's an honor system. So if if you're not vaccinated, you're not wearing a mask. It's on you. If you are vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask, it's it's fine because uh, they can't ask because of HIPAA regulations. They can't really ask you, which I think is ridiculous. Um, the streets are crowded. Um, the restaurants and, and and establishments like that are appear to be crowded and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are people are hurting for for employees there are signs all over town that says now hiring bonuses for for new hires that sort of thing um one of the things we're going to talk about at, at in our program at isc is the fact that don't expect that quick lunch if you're on the show floor because the restaurants, even though they're allowed to operate at 100% capacity, they may be at 50, 60, 70% because they don't have the staff to cover it. So bring your own coffee machine. <laughs> you know, I did that once. Being correct, yep. I did that once. <laughs> Won't do it again. But yeah, as a matter of fact, um, this morning I went down and get a cup of coffee about seven, and um, there were 40 people in line to get a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so, so we've got ISC getting the ball rolling. Vegas is trying to get the ball rolling, trying to free up people uh, by putting them on the honor system, by trying to get people to come back to work. Tough, tough road to hoe. Uh, but let's go to the industry itself. Um, probably half the vendors, half the crowd, but still a, a positive expectation that things are... Um, becoming more innovative probably as a result of the pandemic. So the, the good side of this equation is it brought to life some trends we've been all tracking for a number of years. Tell me about some of the macro things you're seeing leading up to this and also at the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that, that one of the things that, that we started seeing, especially with the new product showcase this year, were, and this is, this is my layman's idea, because um, I'm not a very techie person, is the innovation, the creativity, because all of a sudden, instead of having the, the, the office routine where people spend a, a fair amount of time in an office with other folks 
and there's socialization going on and there's chit chat and what have you. Now these people are, are they're working remotely and they're having to do collaboration and the collaborations have become very focused. And so uh, I know that, that in, in, in our world, um, Kelly and I have done some projects together and we've had the Zoom and, and you know, the Microsoft Teams meetings. They're very focused. Um, there's not a lot of chit chat. There's not a lot of, of socialization going on. It's, it's more, okay, we've got a finite amount of time to cover a lot of stuff. Let's do it. And so I think that, that from an innovation and creativity perspective, a lot of the companies in our industry, a lot of the manufacturers have taken advantage of that. Mm -hmm. and, and they've said, okay, we have a finite amount of time together. You know, whereas we're not all in the same office. I, I can speak for, for a couple of companies, Axis being one. Um, Axis, when the pandemic first hit in Chelmsford, they shut down, basically. There was no one in the office. Then they started bringing back a quarter of the office one week at a time. And they've slowly migrated back into kind of a hybrid where you can work it from home, you can work at the office, whatever your needs are. And it seems to me like some of the things that are coming out of those manufacturers, like an Axis or an Asa Abloy, are starting to, Asa Abloy has now decided to create its own turnstile division to start working in, in, in that market. That came from collaboration during a pandemic. That may or may not have ever happened. And if it would have, it may have been years right. down the road. But because of the pandemic, because people were, were talking to people they, they wouldn't normally talk to in situations they wouldn't normally have, ideas are springing up. Right. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, mostly good. But things are starting to congeal a little bit and coagulate. And, and things are starting to, you know, uh, like we talked earlier about, you know, things that we would not have imagined. 10 years ago are now starting to become a reality. I think the pandemic, surprisingly enough, escalated some of that. Right. We're starting to see interesting new technology. Um, you know, our, our good friends in the garden industry have always had feet in the ground, the extraction industry, feet on the ground, Intel, Intel on the ground. But now we're starting to see technology platforms that can not only integrate the feet on the ground, but also uh, retrieve public and private uh, information to start predicting risk, proactively predict risk, not well, for it to happen. It's actually all about that real-time situational awareness that they're trying to get towards. And I think, you know, who's brilliant at it, quite frankly, was the airlines as well as the accounting firms. They hit this trend a couple years back when I used to work for Deloitte. And we we're doing a lot of things called hoteling. But then we were also looking at technologies coming from vendors as, okay, how do we combine all this stuff? How do we make it work? Now, as Steve alluded to, it's there. And because of the pandemic, they've really gotten better and more focused at concentrating how does that edge technology work so we can actually have a real live assessment or understand what's going on without any kind of latency. And again, uh, like we, what we talked about earlier, companies are now starting to monitor data. Yep. You know, they're starting to see, you know, is your data safe? You know, not just from a cybersecurity technology perspective, but, you know, how is your data coming in? How is your data going out? You know, where are the packets? Are they, are they safe? Are they clean? Are, are you getting overloaded? Are you, do you have downtimes? Companies are starting to monitor this now to, to go back to their clientele and say, listen, we can give you a better solution to your data 
we're not just my in, in our industry we're not just monitoring cameras and alarms anymore we're monitoring the things that are monitoring those and oh, that's, that's a great statement say that again Stephen. hope everyone picks that up we are monitoring the devices or the entities that are monitoring the devices that we use right so we're monitoring our own monitoring now yeah yeah and, and, and how fascinating uh, Kelly, Kelly and I go back a, a long ways, and he remembers me saying to the industry uh, as kind of a uh, newbie to the physical security industry 20 years ago, you're in the information management business, and, and holy cow, we're here. And Stephen, I, I, would, I, I actually did a podcast a while back, and this CSO with a major hospital, this is new too, does surveys. He does surveys of his stakeholders to see how security is is actually being received by his stakeholders, right? And and what's interesting is those ratings were low, and he pinpointed the fact that 75% of workplace violence takes place in a hospital. And he goes, they just didn't feel safe and secure. They they always said, you come too late. And and you know what he fixed it with, Stephen? He fixed it with a sound analytic that actually monitors the escalation of a conversation. Can you can you even figure that one out? Yeah, there you and go. now, now uh, Kelly, to your point, now his people are arriving before the incident happens. Yeah, it, it, it's, I forget what that Tom Cruise movie was. Um, right. And it we're there. We're right. there with the edge technology. We're there with the situational awareness. Right. Um, the aspects of everything as a service, security as a service, or, or operations as a service is coming to fruition. Um, and it's, do, it's, do you, do you th if that's really true, our purchasing of said, said service, and I'm really interested in how you guys, because you guys specify in many regards, you, you guys come together, really understand the needs of the organization, try to translate that into a technology strategy. Uh, but let's just say the as a service model is a, which I call a consumption model. You buy what you need at the time you need it. I don't see the purchasing and financing vehicles keeping pace with that. Do you? Do you? Actually, I, dis I disagree. I, I think they will. Um, I, they will from the standpoint of they have to because there's no other option than to keep up with what's going on. Now, th there's a caveat to that. Does it do it today? No, they, they I mean, they got to catch up on everything because everything's always changing constantly. But there is an uptick. There is an uptick. There, yeah. We're starting. I'm sorry, Steve. There's, an, there's a bit of an uptick to that. Um, I deal a lot with, with the government and we're starting to see in, in the government space where the government is finally realizing that they're this huge slogging industry that they need to start keeping up with the times and getting ahead of the times because their their technology has been woefully slow and behind yeah uh, and so now they're starting to get i can't say cutting edge but they're starting to at least look over the edge a little bit and, and see um you know, some of the projects that i've been involved with in the last few years with with the government one recently yeah they're starting to blend their technologies they're starting to to use security as a service you know they're, they're starting to to understand that you know it's not just about you know a card reader on a door and a camera on a door anymore right. it's about the technology that's available because a, a lot of folks in that space really 
weren't aware of what the technology we have in our industry now is a, is capable of doing. You know, they they were still relying on the the nuts and bolts, if you will. Right. You know, well, carburetor door. So, if we have devices that are monitoring the devices that we used to buy on prem, and we also know that because they're information devices on the network, they're prone to cyber attacks. And mm -hmm. third, we have a consumption model appearing. I, I'm kind of curious, not, not sure. Have you folks created an evaluation method to determine if a vendor is ready to give your clients that kind of model? Is there a readiness evaluation criteria you've developed? So interesting you say that. Um, I mean, I haven't straight, I don't think it's changed that drastically. I still think it's on a risk assessor and you have to assess the risk and you have to look at it. Okay, are they ready to give us the technology and given the functional requirements of what the client wants, can they actually do the job? And do though the biggest thing right now is the supply chain. So can the supply chain handle what we're gonna do and is the technology proper for where it's gonna fit? Now, certain, manufacturers and integrators will be able to handle that. Others will not. So to your question, it's it's a matter of, it's a case by case basis. I mean, Steve and I are working on a project together right now uh, for a quasi federal agency. And it's amazing to see a time warp, so to speak. You're going from 1980s technology and now you're going all the way up front, but you're also using technology, kind of monitoring the monitoring of looking at things in a completely dynamic way to hopefully improve and make more efficient, but then going back to the manufacturer and say, this is what we need to get it. Can you do it or not? Right. And again, to, to go back to a conversation we had, you know, just a few minutes ago, do they have the budget? Right. You know, are they willing to invest, um, you know, this client we're working with, um, they, they keep saying, well, <clears throat> how much is all this going to cost us? And we we give them a, a, a you know ballpark for lack of better words because we don't know exactly yet what what we're going to get to. But you know here's something for you to consider so you can start looking for money. And it, it's eye opening for them to say that's way more than we were anticipating having to spend. And we said, well, that's what it is. You know, it, it's it's the devil's in the details. You know, our clients are telling us we want the latest, greatest, the best. We want you know the, the slickest and sharpest. That costs money. And and we're 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 back we're back to the financial model though because are you buying things or are you buying a outcome from a service? Exactly. Well, exactly, and it should be the latter outcome from a service. It should never just be widgets. Right. Right. Um, it's always amazing to me just to watch how the thinking goes into it because you can do the financial model any any which way you can and then you can grade it in such a way where it makes sense from a business perspective but then you get into okay is the technology going to change over that landscape when i decide what i want to do and if it does do i change it out or do i stay with what i have because it works right and can okay. I modify? Can I modify what I'm putting in? You know what I'm what we're going to to decide on. You know, can it modify to keep up with the times? You know, or right. to keep up with new technology. You know, um, it, one of the things that, that I've seen in, in my career, 
um, is when from from cradle to grave, a project can be you know six, eight, ten years. You know, from the time it's it's you know on a paper napkin in an airport somewhere to we're moving into a building. Well, from our perspective, our technology turns over so quickly and changes so so quickly that what may have been a great idea on paper is not the best idea now. Right. You know, there, there may be a, a better, faster way or a cleaner way or a more efficient way to do something that wasn't even on the table when this, this project was coming about. And it, it's become incumbent upon us to go back to our clients, go back to the architects and engineers mm -hmm. and say, are you aware of this technology? This might be a better way to look at things. We don't get a lot of pushback, um, but you do get some because uh, it, it's more the the ownership thing. You know, well, I designed that. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you know, put your ego off to the side and let's look at the reality of it. Right, right. Well, yeah. this uh, what's fascinating to me is we get to live with the shift we predicted 20 years ago. We get to live through it now. And as you look forward going into 2022, uh, what do you expect to see? You know, give, give us some glimpse of what do you expect to see over the next 12 months? You guys are pretty close to the manufacturers. What do you expect to see over the next 12 months? I think one big one is scalability. I think another, another aspect going into that is increased collaboration, but also increased use of AI, blockchain, and that whole suite of things. Uh, to get data. Now, how we manage the data, I think will become a little bit more, um, say focused, but more efficient. Because right now you're, you're getting a ton of stuff and people still working their way through, how do I make that into an efficient type of dashboard so I can understand that and then report that to the high level executives as to what's going on with what we have in security or safety. So I, I see that occurring a large part. And then again, situational awareness real-time situational awareness where, where they'll get to make determinations without too much latency as before you'd have to wait five ten minutes before you get a decision on what to do i think that to to speak to what kelly said about collaboration i'm beginning to to hear things and see things and and hear about things where companies within an industry within the the, the silo of an industry you know the video industry and the access control industry. They're now starting to recognize each other as viable partners, not just as, okay, we're both in this together. You, you're in your silo, I'm in mine. I'm, I'm starting to see, I think, I think the, the IT being brought into, the IT of things being brought into our industry has, has opened the door a lot for that because I'm now starting to see a, a lot of you know, audio, video mm -hmm. monitoring um the data monitoring all those things are now starting to you, you're seeing companies talking to each other for lack of better words that probably would not have even known the other one existed other than by name a few years ago mm -hmm. so there's the, the to what kelly said the collaboration but not just within a, a finite industry or a finite piece of it but as a global a global thing you know um, we have friends in, in the industry that have i call them second tier products you know, they're very, very specific products for very specific uses. Um, best example I could use, I guess, would be like a FLIR camera because they're, they're, they have very specific use. 
Well, now I see collaboration with them in other industries, mm -hmm. other pieces of our industry that five years ago, you would have said, that ain't going to work. That's right. You That's know, right. but now it's working. And I think, again, to what we said, the pandemic may have created a situation where it has to. Well, people were forced to, to dedicate the time and energy to getting down to business and, and to thinking about things rather than to, you know, getting up in the morning, driving, you know, an hour or whatever on a commute to an office where they sit for eight hours and, and slog through their mundane stuff and then just come back home and, and go on with their lives. That's changed. You know, now, now we see I mean, even the, the Zoom and the, and the Microsoft Teams calls that, that I've had in the last year and a half have been very effective, even though we all whine and complain about them. <laughs> you know, I hate Zoom. Okay, we all do. Okay, I get it. You know, but to what, to what we talked about earlier, um, when Kelly first, first responded to you, Ron, getting back together face to face with people, that is, we're human beings. We need, we need that. interaction. We need that interaction. We need that. Um, we got here, you know, I got here Saturday. Kelly got here yesterday. And, you know, you see people, you know, shaking hands, hugging each other, you know, high-fiving each other because it's like, I missed that. You know, people miss that stuff. And so it, it's, ISC has done a wonderful thing and SIA has done a wonderful thing right. by sticking their necks out collectively and putting this thing together. Yeah, there, there's rules. You have to go through a temperature check now to get onto the show floor. Um, there are a lot of hand sanitizers out there. Uh, masks are obviously optional. They're routing you through a little bit, the show floor. There's they're, they're still social distancing protocols they're trying to, to ask for, not enforcing, but ask for. So the pandemic still has its effect. But I think by and large, we as human beings, regardless of what industry we're in and what technology we represent, we still need that human interaction, that human touch. Right. And I think ISC is, is going to be well received for sticking their neck out. Well, don't, don't worry, Stephen. Zoom's just this far away, just a smidge away <laughs> from being able to get a tactile response. I can maybe even smell you one day, maybe even smell you one day. Yeah, that's too much information, Ron. <laughs> I, can, I can smell that liquor on your breath. I, I that, you know, there, there you go. Hey, you guys have been wonderful. Uh, let's uh, touch base uh, around the end of the year. Maybe if you guys head to GSX and you do the same thing, uh, but let's definitely uh, keep this conversation going. It's fun to see uh, we can archive this conversation and see if uh, we're predicting things that uh, do come true. I think you're absolutely right, though. I think the consumption model, I think the platform um, around predictive intelligence, uh, uh, this consolidation of technologies. Uh, I love what you said, uh, Stephen, that the silos of excellence are learning how to partner I think that is a terrific thing. You guys have been great. This has been a great conversation with Kelly Stewart and Steve Opplinger live from ISC West. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Ron.